right, ladies and gentlemen, really quick, I just want to tell you about one of our fantastic sponsors, and that is Soldier Girl Coffee Company. So if you are watching the video, you can definitely check out the screen share here. I'm on our website, and you can go to affiliates, or this will be changing to sponsors soon, and click on Soldier Girl Coffee. As it says on the website, Soldier Girl Coffee is a veteran-owned company. Uh, they definitely provide the absolute best coffee I've ever had. Uh, it definitely has the pick-me-up that I need in the morning. If we check out her website, of course, down in the right-hand corner, you can definitely chat with her. You can get exclusive discounts. Discounts she offers to our listeners uh, just by putting your email address in the box on the website. Uh, as you can see right here, she has French vanilla cream, 100% Colombian snickerdoodle Hawaiian hazelnut, and she offers regular as well as CBD-infused coffee. So be sure to go and check out her website. Of course, you can get there by going to our website at businessandbrewshow.com slash soldier-girl-coffee, or you can just click the link in the show notes and it'll take you right here. You click on view products and it takes you over to shop around. She even has a little bit of merch. I know when I ordered uh, my bag of Colombian roast, uh, I really, really enjoy Colombian roast and she has the best Colombian roast that I have ever had. Uh, and of course is a veteran owned business, but I got a sticker as well as a thank you note. Uh, so I really enjoy that so now i have my very own soldier girl coffee mug that i can drink my soldier girl coffee out of so once again right now exclusive discounts just for our listeners everybody drinks coffee whether you're a veteran or a business owner you're going to need it you're going to need it for your staff you're going to need it for your break room you're going to need it for your house so go ahead right now click the link in the description in the show notes uh, right here right now and go get some soldier girl coffee today ladies and gentlemen i am super excited and absolutely have to tell you about a phenomenal way to build your website and keep it up to date my name is Ryan Smeltz, host of the Business and Brew Show and co-host of Veteran Talk Show. And if you are watching this, I want you to pay close attention to my screen share. This is the website of the Business and Brew Show. And the way I am talking about keeping your website, building it, getting it up to date and having it managed is by online Rob. So Rob is absolutely phenomenal. And what I absolutely love about this is he was able to customize the website exactly how I asked him. So as you can see, the homepage has a ton of different pictures from different episodes. Of course, here on the episodes page, you're able to listen on your favorite platform, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Public, iHeartRadio, uh, or CastBox. Uh, you can connect with us, of course, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, listen to uh, the five most recent episodes right here on the website. And of course, you can find our sponsors such as Soldier Girl Coffee and of course, Online Rob. So the best thing about this is, as you can see on my screen, if you're watching, uh, Online Rob is a veteran-owned small business. He will design, build, and manage the entire website for you. That comes with free unlimited updates, a domain name, your business email, and a logo if you need it. All included for our listeners is only $2.99 per year. As it says right on the screen, there are absolutely no contracts and no hidden fees. I handed this to him. He had it back within a very short amount of time. And anytime I need an update or have a question, he is there to help out. So I strongly encourage you, once again, for our listeners, you can go to businessandbrewshow.com slash online dash Rob, or you can click on the link in the show notes. Uh, if you are not watching the video version, the link is definitely in the show notes. Be sure to check out our website. I'm super happy with his work. I'm really excited that I no longer have to figure out where to get an SSL, how to install it. I don't have to install the pixel for my Facebook ads. I don't have to manage any of the analytical tools such as Google Analytics, and I don't have to figure out how to connect the domain or set up a business email. He handles all of that for me for the low price of $2.99 per year. So once again, for our listeners, Online Rob offering this exclusive deal, be sure to go check it out. Make sure when you fill out the form, 
you put that you heard about him from us in the How Did You Hear About Us box uh, business and Brews show or Veterans Hall show. Of course, you can always use my name, Ryan Smeltz. And no longer as a business owner will you have to build and manage your own website. Have online Rob do it for you. Take advantage of this exclusive deal, only $2.99. Per year. Best of all, he can handle everything from, of course, a podcast to an e-commerce site. Uh, no matter what kind of business you run, Online Rob can handle it for you. So go right now, click on the link, fill out the form, take advantage of this exclusive offer, and be sure to put the show name in his How Did You Hear About Us box. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome to the Business and Brews podcast, where our mission is to highlight local businesses and shed light on different industries. Now, there you were saying you started in the Northeast. I did. And you've been in business for 18 years. I did. It's our uh, anniversary month. Yay! Or birthday <laughs> month. Yay! 18 years young. And uh, originally started it out in New York. And um, it was after I had an epiphany in the middle of the night to be doing children's yoga. And I woke my husband and said, Clint, I am supposed to be teaching children's yoga. And he's like, yeah, yeah, go back to sleep. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 let me go research this. Now, this is in the day of computers before Google. So I can't even remember what search engine I used then. <laughs> um, but I used a different search engine then and started to look up children's yoga and went and got certified and everything. I I did yoga. I took classes, but I didn't teach yoga. I worked with children though. So I married the two together. And within a couple months, I started my business in January, 2004. And since then it grew into, oh, about 75, 80 locations throughout five states. We franchised it. Um, and then COVID hit. Mm. And uh, when COVID hit, the schools, the first to go is enrichment programs and anything that wasn't academics. Yeah. And so everything came to a crashing halt, although we were diversified enough that we were in some child care centers that still allowed us to teach, but very few. And we became what was known as um, non-essential. Not essential. <laughs> what a new term in the past two years. I didn't like that term very much because yeah. we'd never heard of that. And what's more essential than meditation and relaxation for kids during this kind of pandemic and yeah. families? Because we also teach families. But anyway, and so we uh, were in five states and I had moved down here with my husband about four years ago. He re relocated with his business and uh, have been back and forth ever since. Um, again, until the pandemic hit, and then that kind of halted my back and forth travels for a while. I stayed put in North Carolina, which boy, am I happy to be staying put here yeah. where you get sunshine and you can be <laughs> outside. And because honestly, New York is a mess and it's still a mess, yeah. unfortunately. So, um, so yeah, so we're, you know, still teaching, uh, children's yoga to whoever will let us in to teach the kids and families then it's uh you know, in my opinion it's something very needed that's you know, cool these days thank you yeah thank you uh so when i was in germany uh it was probably my first introduction to yoga because oh. i'm a guy and uh <laughs> i'm like guys don't do yoga and uh so we did it was a dvd program oh. and we did it and i was like man this really kicked my butt so <laughs> when i got to uh, I was in the army, so when I got to Fort Hood, 
mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm a leader, so I would lead PT, and sometimes I would basically just take what I knew, the, the whole system, and mm-hmm. just literally step by step, so I, I wasn't an instructor or anything, so all I knew was from that disc. Sure. So we would go through those poses and exercises and do that, and, uh, you know, some of them were like, oh, you know, this is stupid, and then most of them by the end were like, that's really hard. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's interesting. You know, it's so funny you said, you know, men don't do yoga. To be honest, it was only men who used to do yoga. Yeah. The history of yoga was passed down, um, and some call it gurus, and but the monks you know, were the ones that did yoga thousands of years, almost 5,000 years of history of tradition passed down from monk to monk, men to boys, no women. Mm. And then in this century, it was brought over to the United States, yeah. California, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it was very earthy and granola. And, uh, and from California, it spread. Um, and women, children, that's where I come in. Children, yeah. that's my forte. Um, I prefer teaching kids. They're, yeah. you know, just sponges. And, and it's just so much fun to teach yeah. kids. As you know, adults are very challenging to teach because of their physical limitations, injuries, and stuff so um really need uh for adult yoga you really need somebody who is certified and, and knows how to teach yoga because you can really hurt yourself yeah. you know um in yoga but there are many things you can do that won't hurt you like the breaths mm. and the meditations now those are great for you and they don't require any kind of postures and yeah. maneuvering so that's cool oh i am kind of part of a fitness group here um unfortunately they meet at a specific time in the morning i had to change my schedule so i haven't been able to go for a very long time but uh one guy so they do one um meetup they call it broga um oh i love it (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) and the one guy that leads it is really good Mm -hmm. um he's very uh dynamic he's um it seems like he has a lot of experience so i like it because he'll lead it and then he'll do like the exercise with the pose and then he'll be like here's your alternate you know in case you can't bend that way or whatever the case is and then um we had a new person show up uh at that one one time and at, at the very end once we're finished we go around and introduce ourselves and he's like yeah this is my name and and we're like, what do you do? And he's like, I'm I'm actually a yoga instructor. So we were like, maybe next time. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so great, Ryan. Yeah, you know what? It does um it, it it really shows when somebody loves teaching because it inspires. It's inspiring to somebody to learn from someone who loves to teach. And it experience helps yeah. <laughs> in this field and men women whoever whoever can teach i mean there's i know the youngest yoga teacher who happens to be a, a boy and he was the youngest yoga teacher in the whole world of yoga he's out you know, also in california okay and stuff, but he was the youngest at 12 or 13 years old great kid oh, and wow. stuff's name is today and um and teaches to this day but his mom owned a yoga studio so okay. he went through the certification process so Men, boys, military, non-military, you know, anybody can learn yoga, but I truly believe it's not for everybody. Just like Pilates isn't for everyone or running isn't for everybody or whatnot. 
it's everybody has their different thing they'll find that they'll enjoy and get something out of. But yoga can help anybody with with a benefit. Yeah. Whether it be a breath will help them to relax, the meditation will help them, uh, even for sleep. But uh, kids, especially today, you've got kids that have ADD, ADHD, autism. You have children that are stressed. The Zoom learning and the, yeah. that kind of virtual learning is really challenging uh, for some. You have kids that now have social anxiety from being home for two years. So yoga or mindfulness or meditation, all of that can help with those situations. And we have adults like that too. All those things I just <laughs> mentioned, you know, uh, they turn into adult ADD and ADHD and all of that. So, um, so it's it's great that you have such a dynamic teacher you could learn from if you can get in there. It's great. Once a week yoga is fine. Once yeah. a day, even better. Yeah. <laughs> but once a week is fine. Yeah. So um, you said you focus primarily on kids. So mm -hmm. do do you have a studio? Is it a lot in person? Is there virtual? Like, what does all that look like? Great question. So prior to the pandemic, yes, we had a brick and mortar, but that was based out of New York. And we were looking for a brick and mortar space in this area, in the triangle, still am, have not been able to find the right space yet. If you know of any, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do have some criteria. I'm a little picky, but um, but we are looking for a brick and mortar space. So we have operated both ways. Um, we do have virtual classes, but primarily the way our program works, we go to the kids. Mm. So we go in the schools, we go in the childcare centers, oh, we go in the camps, okay. we go into the after school programs, we go to the clubs, we go to community centers, we go to the kids. Right. And that's how we teach. And as much in person as we can, but if it has to be virtual, that's fine. And so right now, or prior to recently, things were starting to all open back up until the most recent, yeah. you know, again, uh, COVID uh, strain that we have now. So we hope that by springtime, yeah. that this will all be an endemic, all be gone, and we can, you know, go back to business with helping the children yeah, in definitely. person. But virtually works, you know, we do do virtual. So um, it, I guess in searching for a location mm -hmm. is um, is like the Fuquay area something that you would consider or? Oh, absolutely. I have looked at many sites. Let me just say this, and maybe it's because I'm from New York. Yeah. We have something in New York called turnkey. Mm. Turnkey, that means your place is ready to go. Yeah. You don't have to put in the floor. You don't have to put in the lights. You don't have <laughs> to put in the walls. Maybe you have to paint and deco. But what I have found in this <laughs> lovely area that I happen to live in Fuquay, um, they don't understand what turnkey is yeah. in commercial property. Um, so we have looked at, oh, over almost a dozen places in the past two years, two years. Um, and nothing has been really turnkey. No. And to be honest, I'm not a contractor. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not looking to do that. I'm just looking for a beautiful space that has beautiful wood floors and, uh, you know, that we can go in and the kids will come to. If it's Fuquay, if it's Holly Springs, if it's any surrounding area in the triangle. Okay. But Fuquay is my first choice. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like, so I don't know. If you do this, but like I know Jeremy of uh, Black Belt Leadership Academy in 
Sanford. Uh, so he's got uh, a place, and then he knows another guy that runs. So uh, he does, I think it's karate. It might be Taekwondo. Um, if he hears this, I'm going to be embarrassed. But <laughs> then he, he knows another guy just you know, a couple miles away that does the exact same thing. So I, I feel like, uh, you know, people like that or people in similar spaces might be able to point you in a direction. I don't know. Do you network? Do you know other people who do yoga? Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. So, again, see, a lot of um, even networking events and things, they have really been cut down because yeah. of what we've been going through in the past few years. Um, and so, yes, I network. Uh, do I know a lot of people in the yoga world? Not so much here um, in this area. Um, hopefully will, but not as much here. I do know more of the children's world, let's say, yeah. you know, child care centers, preschool schools. That is more of the of the genre that yeah. I'm, I am more familiar with. Um, so yeah, and yes, there are those kind of places, dance schools, even adult yoga centers. And I, you know, I really, uh, I want my own space yeah. because all of my stuff from my New York studio is sitting, sitting in storage in Fuquay in a storage <laughs> yeah. unit. So I visit it monthly. I check on it. Sometimes I have to pull supplies for it for classes that I do still teach. Yeah. And I bring other things back because I never expected it all to sit there for so long. Yeah. I expected it to sit short term in storage. Yeah. So um, it's now long term storage. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's safe and sound and climate controlled. I'm glad I did climate controlled. Yeah. So because it gets hot. Yeah. It's very hot here in the summer. Very, very hot. Uh, so basically, you right now it's kind of more traveling, like going to yep. your customers. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Although we do have Zoom classes where we do, and my teachers also do right from their home to families, to students. Um, for instance, tomorrow we have some Zoom classes. I do that right from my home studio and teach on Zoom. So they do it from their home, we do it from our homes. I have teachers back in New York that do it that way. Sometimes we rent space at sites, I'll call them satellite locations, mm. where we'll go in for an hour or two and cut, and clients will come to us. Uh, but so far, you know, the parents are still very hesitant. Yeah. No, um, very hesitant. And I can't honestly blame them, understand. Yeah. And so, um, but yes, so right now that's the way it works. But again, it's very diversified because we we go in daycares and preschools. We're part of their day. We're like the activity of that day that we go in and we teach right on site. We're part of after school programs or clubs like yoga club. So the kids that stay after school for an additional hour. So we'll do yoga with us. Yeah. Camps, we're part of. Uh, all kinds of things for camps. Sometimes we're all day for the camp. Mm. Sometimes we're just that day. Um, so yeah, it, it, we, we were fortunate, I do have to say. Thank goodness we were diversified. Mm. Because if we only had a brick and mortar studio and that was it, we would have been out of business. Yeah. We really would have. This has hurt not only my business, but the entire yoga industry was mm. turned on its head. And still is. And yeah. a lot of it was because of these mandates that were set forth by our governors yeah. and by the whole situation. But, you know, when you needed exercise the most and you needed 
to relax and feel calm and you could social distance because a lot of yoga studios are large enough you could social distance and yeah. stuff we would shut our doors and yeah. so i really felt for there were thousands upon thousands of yoga studios even locally that closed yeah. you even have one up the road that closed yeah. that i had taught out of and it was a beautiful big studio so um yeah so our industry is one that's been hurt by this mm. um mine working with the kids also you know the kids have been hurt the most so it's very upsetting for me even talk with schools where they understand but there's nothing they can do about letting us back in yeah. like they're mandated they're these these policies and procedures where they cannot let non-essentials back in and how we were all termed non-essential i don't know but yeah. but it's upsetting to me because i think kids mental health is very important and now that's finally coming out yeah. how much this has affected kids mental health where for two years i've been screaming up and down anyone will listen <laughs> kids need this you know yeah. what are you doing this is you know academics is important but so is there is so is their mind and body and spirit that's yeah. just as important you yeah. know for developing kids yeah, so, definitely. So I'm very passionate about yeah, yeah, it. You yeah. can't tell, right? I'm so, very passionate about that. So I, I guess my question is, uh, you know, you're dealing with these kids, so mm -hmm. maybe sometimes you get some new ones. Sure. Or you get a new location, and so you can kind of read them. So you're like, you know, these kids, maybe they've never done yoga. Maybe they're, they don't know if or what they should do about their own health and well-being, or their parents don't know. And then you get introduced and they start doing this. So uh, do, do you notice improvements? Um, do you have any specific examples where it's like, you know, this one's having a rough time. And then after, you know, a month of being with you, now you're seeing, you know, a more positive attitude, more uplifted spirit. Or what is, what is that? What has been your experience with that? So that's a great question. Let me preface it by saying that every single child and even adults will benefit in a different way mm. because every single child and or adult has different, their bodies are different, that everything is different. So just to preface it that way. So I might have a child, for instance, that is on medication for ADD, very typical today with <laughs> the kids. And the parent wants to get them off the medication, let's say. So they feel, you know, yoga is an alternative. It's not a cure-all, but it's an alternative where they can learn breaths that can help them self-regulate. But it's not an instant one class, you can go off the medicine. This is a progression where they have to learn it, practice it, use it daily in their life. And so... That's just one example. Does it help? Absolutely. Have you have I had kids that will be walking in a mall in a busy store and they get stressed out and they flop right down and start to meditate? Yeah. I've had that feedback. Um, the biggest feedback we get is kids will do it right in their beds before bed. They'll just start meditating in bed. Um, little, little kids that can't really, don't have the vocabulary yet because we start them at like 18 months in daycares and preschools. So at 18 months, we'll start teaching them without the parent, with just the teachers in schools. 
they will just do poses all through the day in classes <laughs> and the teachers will tell us oh my gosh this one was doing tree pose and this one was <laughs> doing this pose and so it's like oh that's what i love to hear yeah. and so uh, we teach them sometimes fun types of chants and chanting is something it's one of those funny things because here in the south religion plays a big part down here in the south um, so they'll hear chanting and they'll be like, you know, yeah. dirty word. But to be honest, we change words and we chant nursery rhyme tunes, but we change the words. Mm. So the kids can chant something like, I am happy, I am healthy, I am whole. So we will change a lot of words in a lot of the nursery rhymes to teach the kids ways to just have what we use called a mantra, a chant to focus instead of focusing on the outside world. Kids have a lot of stuff to focus on. So every child will benefit differently. Some come to us, they want to have more endurance in sports. They need flexibility. Some come to us and their muscle tone's really bad and they need it for strengthening their muscles. That helps a lot. It helps. I see probably with those children, the fastest, biggest change if, if they'll do the work. Um, some parents will bring their children or send them to us where they, you know, do have autism and an autistic child is very funny, very different because every single one is different. They all have strengths and they're all different. So some of them, their strengths are, I have autistic children like Rain Man that remember everything you say yeah. and everything you teach. <laughs> they can teach the class like you did after watching <laughs> one video. Okay. So that is awesome to see. And we're like, oh, you know. Yeah. So our belief from day one, I should I say our because I feel like I never could have taught hundreds of thousands of children like I have in my business in 18 years. I never could have done it without my teachers, my staff, my franchise owners. Never could have done it alone. So I always say R, but we'll go back to me. When I first started it, our mission was to teach a child one thing. And if they used it in their daily lives or into their adult life, I felt like we did our job. And that's still kind of our mission. Yeah. So I hope that answered it. Yeah. No, I know no, that no. was I know it was long-winded. <laughs> so 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 I guess my question is like, say you're dealing with someone one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. uh, and they come to you, you know, the parents say, uh, my kid has trouble sleeping. Okay. Or that's a good one. You know, so something like that. Is that something where you hold a conversation? Do you cater the program around what their needs are? Great question. So, if they're in a group class, not a private class, I will touch on it either right at the end or during the class. I won't say so-and-so needs to work on this. Yeah. I'll teach the whole, as a whole of the class, one thing to help with that. Yeah. But yoga as a whole will help anyway. Um, when it comes to sleeping, there's a chant for sleeping. It's called Om Agastha Shaina. And we'll teach them that chant, Om Agastha Shaina. And they'll say it and learn it over and over. It's almost like counting sleep. Funny because yeah. it sounds similar. Oh, Magasa Shaina. Maybe that's where Count Sheep came from. I don't know. You know, the Buddhas or whatnot. But um, so, yes, I will always listen to a parent. I mean, the parent knows their child best um, at, or a teacher at a school. Um, but what I find sometimes teachers label kids and we try to stay away from the labels. 
we try to see the child as a whole. A child that might be labeled, for instance, a troublemaker, the loud one, the noisy one. Well, there's a reason that that's happening. So we will teach them as a whole without judgment. And because yoga has no judgment. Mm. Yoga has no comparing. Um, it's a very different, let's say, sport than other sports out there. There's winners and losers in other sports, but not in yoga. The only winners are each person, you know, benefiting. So, yes, what a parent will tell us is very important. We love parent feedback. So you you mentioned about, you know, comparing yourself uh, to other people in the, the sports. And yeah. I, I think that's pretty interesting because especially adults, like, they have a tendency to do that. So it's like that person can stretch further or is more flexible. Uh, so... I guess, how do you present that? How do you pull that out of it? Like, hey, let's take a step back and realize that it doesn't matter. That it looks to you like someone might be better than you. Sure. Because they kids compare themselves all the time. They're comparing themselves in school with grades and in yeah. gym class, whatever sport they might be doing that day. So, you know, it's all about the way you present everything. Sometimes we'll do poses where I'll have the kids in a circle, but I'll have them turn outside the circle so they're not looking at each other. Mm -hmm. So that when they're doing their pose, they're not looking at Johnny can do this pose better than I am or this one. So um, yoga is all about teaching them, well, maybe you can now balance in that pose that you couldn't balance in a month ago. Mm -hmm. Because that is what winds up happening. Like balance poses, Maybe a, a week ago you couldn't do, you could do now. Usually it's months, but you know, it just depends. It depends on, on the person. Um, so it's just a style of teaching that a teacher, a yoga teacher, a good yoga teacher, A, a studio will not have mirrors. It's not like dance school you or karate or martial arts. We have no mirrors. We don't want mirrors. You know <laughs> mirrors are not good in a yoga studio. Um, so as you're looking for that studio space for <laughs> no mirrors. No mirrors. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it's it's really just the life of a yoga teacher or the style of a yoga teacher is not to compare Johnny to Rich or Tom or whatever yeah. and stuff. It really is to you want to give encouragement. But you don't, you know, sometimes in schools, especially everybody gets an award, everybody gets a ribbon, everybody yeah. gets a medal. You know, yoga is not about that at no. all. The only, you win, but you're winning. You're benefiting. You're feeling better. Are you feeling better? How do you feel? We talk about feelings in yoga, especially school age to teen. We'll journal. We do a lot of journaling with them. And the journaling gives them the opportunity to write their feelings down. And so... Mm. Every week, the way we teach, we have a theme. So every week, the theme changes. Like, for instance, this week's theme just happens to be space. Like, uh, kind of like astrology I was talking to you about earlier. Okay. So, so it just happens to be space, outer space. And so everything, every student is learning in all our classes, whether it's New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, PA, or North Carolina, <laughs> or virtually wherever in the world. Wherever it is, they're all learning things about space. So they're learning um, about the sun and how it reacts, how it affects you. And they're learning about the moons and how the moon cycles affect you. And they're learning different planets. And, and for the little, little kids, ha, they're just blasting off into space and rocket ships <laughs> and stuff and astronauts. And they're dancing on the moon. So it's very different how we'll teach the little ones versus a team. 
They're yeah. two different animals. Yeah. You know, teens don't want to be babies. They, you know, so we have to approach them and we do very differently. It, it sounds like, I, I guess, with coming up with those themes and working mm -hmm. with the kids, especially the younger ones, you're playing a lot into their imagination. Yes. And it, and it also sounds like it's pretty well-rounded because if someone asked me if I wanted to go to yoga... Mm -hmm. I default back to what I know, which is what I've my limited experience with yoga. But sure, with what you're talking about, it sounds like you guys do. A, you know, you have the yoga, you have the the mind, body, spirit. You have there's a little piece of the you know kind of educating on something in conjunction with the theme. Absolutely. So the approach we took from day one was a thematic curriculum. That was day one, hands down. The way kids are taught in schools successfully is with a theme. And so you'll notice it in schools if, if you have children, because you go in schools and you see different holiday themes on the wall. Every month it changes. Yeah. So we approach it similarly where we have different themes. But the theme for an under five-year-old is taught very differently than that theme for a teenager. Yeah. The under five, we're going to utilize a lot more music, fun music and fast paced music because a two, three, four, five year old, they only have an attention span of two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes. <laughs> you teach a teen and you can talk with them about the features and benefits of something, the whys, the how to's. We've brought in with the school aged and teens into our themes, about the yoga do's and don'ts that have been taught for thousands of years. They're called niyamas and yamas. Now, we try not to get too much Buddhism or anything into the classes because we respect everyone's right to religion, whatever they do, whether I'm Jewish, if someone's Catholic, whatever it might be, my husband's Protestant, whatever religion you might study, anyone can do yoga. But some people have very strong beliefs about it, two or four. So we try to keep the religious part out of it. And we try to just teach the things like do not steal. That was a yoga concept. It's 5,000 years old. It's also a concept in the Bible. So it's like, you know, they kind of go hand in hand. And the most recent addition we've had is we have added the science of astrology, which I was mentioning to you earlier, into the older children's classes because astrology is 4,000 years old. Yoga is 4,000 to 5,000 years old. Hmm, very interesting. <laughs> so we looked at the fact that yoga can help students understand how doing yoga helps everything on the inside. It improves your circulation, your skeletal system, your muscular system, your nervous system, your reactive system. It, everything can be improved with yoga. Astrology about the stars and the planets and the moon, well, where they are in the sky every single day, month, year, affects you as a person. So you might be a person who's very outspoken. Well, that has to do with your astrology and what the picture of the sky looked like when you were born, your natal chart. So if if we could bring the science of astrology into yoga, which we did, to teach the older children, well, it's a full moon 
So you need to really be ready for your emotions to come out exploding. Because if you talk to any school teacher, they know full moon, the kids are crazy. Yeah. You know, not, and I love kids, but they know the behaviors are out there. There's a reason for it. Mm. And so we have brought the science of astrology into yoga so that children will understand, oh, I need to do this pose or breath because of this is happening this week. And so, like, for instance, this is a very quiet week, um, but tomorrow is, in astrology, the planet Venus goes dark. Planet Venus, you usually can see in the sky under the moon. It's a really bright-looking star, even though it's a planet. But tomorrow, you won't see it at all, because it's going from being that bright night star to the morning star. So for one day, while it's, while it's dark, you're supposed to reflect, and you're supposed to think about, what do I value more? So we're asking the school age and teens right now, what do you value? Do you value things? Do you value people? Do you value being able to have free time? Which a lot of kids have a lot of that these days. <laughs> do, you, do you value going to school? Do you value being home? So tomorrow, you know, in the astrology world of yoga meets astrology, journaling, really important part of it too, what do you value? And you'll be surprised that what a parent values might not match what their child values. And you'll see that where some parents might overspend on their children and buy a lot of material things, but that child doesn't want those things. They might want to do things with their dad or do things with their mom. And so astrology meets yoga and, and how, what, how you can do things that will help. That's cool. Yeah. So you talked a lot about that the the astrology thing, mm -hmm. uh, but you've been doing this for a very long time. Yes. So I'm definitely interested. Uh, what are some different themes you've seen mm -hmm. that, that you guys have done and where have you found a lot of success and where have you seen the theme maybe didn't work out how you anticipated? Oh, that's it. Great question. I have never been asked that question in 18 years of interviews. <laughs> that is a really great question. And this answer might not be what you're looking for, but it might. Every theme we do, and we do a new theme every month. I mean, every week, sorry. So every week the theme changes. So we have a year's worth of themes, however many weeks are in a year. And then on top of that, we have the new astrology themes and we have something called chakra themes on top of that. So we have a year and a year of the other. So we have two years. We have two and a half years of themes, mm -hmm. believe it or not. So anyway, um, to answer that question is every teacher I have ever had, and even myself, have had a day where you go into a class and you have to toss the theme out the window mm. because either the energy of the class is so kinetic, it's so wired, it's almost like you can feel the electricity, that if you had a really fun and high energy class planned, you cannot do that. <laughs> because that's like throwing fuel on fire. Yeah. And you have to, as a teacher, be like, oh, these kids need to calming poses, relaxing poses. And you can probably pull some from the theme, which I usually do. but Every teacher has not really experienced that with every single theme. So they're never, I can't say there was any particular theme that let's say didn't work, 
I have certain themes that sometimes I take out. For instance, I totally forgot it's the Winter Olympics happening next month. <laughs> so I had our themes. We do our themes in advance. So the teachers have yeah. them in advance and stuff. So I, today, was working on updating the 2017 ones to, <laughs> to update for the Olympics coming up. So there are themes that get taken out and no. then they get put back in. Um, I think, though, so we've all had themes that didn't work. There was one, and, and it makes me laugh because I was a dancer as a kid and I have a teacher that's still a dancer. I think the Nutcracker theme at first was not well received. Now it is. So the first year we introduced the Nutcracker theme, there's like fight scenes in it, but they're fun. We do them fun in yoga. We do something called warrior poses. No. If you do yoga, you know the warrior. Well, we added to the warrior poses and we gave them pool noodles as nice. swords, <laughs> except that didn't turn out too well. So, so for the following year, we had requests from schools not to do the Nutcracker, which I was laughing about. I was like, okay, we'll give it a rest for a year. Yeah. And then we took it back out and put it back in. So the Nutcracker probably was one that happened with but everything we've had and every class and every school and every location and even childcare centers, you will have a time you go in where they thought it was a great idea to have a party with tons of sugar. Sugar is probably our biggest, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, issue we deal with at schools because they have lots of birthday parties oh. and they have lots of sugar. Yeah. Sugar and sugar is probably the biggest problem we have with kids with ADD and ADHD and autism that we have to talk to families and parents about because. They'll come in eating Cheetos and cheese noodles and fast food and things like that. And All my not, favorite foods. Yeah, and <laughs> cookies and cakes and mom, can we go to this fast food place after? And parents don't understand the correlation between diet and yeah. how it affects them. So, yeah. So that does, it brings up something else I was thinking about. Sure. Uh, and that's, you know. I'm sure you're not coming in here meal planning with kids, but that's a great, great point. Because I, I feel like you're kind of all around. So yes. it's like yeah. we, we want to take care of the yoga, but at the same time, maybe you mention, talk about, or reference what you eat when you eat it. Yes. What does that look like? And then are there other things too, like sleep and relationships that you touch on with the kids as well? Great question. Uh, I can tell you that we were in a very low income school district back in New York, uh, close to where my son was brought up and actually in that school district. And the kids didn't know certain fruits because we had an after school program and the kids came in hungry. So I had teamed up with a program director there about making sure these kids had snacks. But what the school thought was snacks and what I thought were snacks and this director, two different things. And I just did it out of pocket to bring them fruit every day, every every week. And there were kids that didn't know what pears were. There were kids that didn't know what your simple fruits were. They'd never had an, a pear. They'd never had a peach. They'd never had an orange. It was that, and this is only a couple of years ago. Yeah. This is very shocking to me. So yes, are we well-rounded? Yes, there will be some programs where we do snacks. Yes, it's not typical, but no. but will I give them or or will you know one of my teachers or will we bring in that instead of cookies and crackers and things like that? Yes, no. you know I would rather the school keep it and we'll bring that in. I think schools are becoming a lot more into the nutritional part of it and understanding of it. 
Um, but schools that you just unfortunately goes hand in hand with lower income. And I find in the lower income schools, they don't get the same nutrition. They just don't. So yes, I have, we have, we have at times had to be the ones to talk to the kids about healthy snacks. And it's these schools where the kids ask to bring an extra one home. Mm. And so often we'll have extra, we'll buy bags of apples or bags (laughs) or whatever, and we'll send them with them. And so it's, you know, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And, you know, yes, we know a lot about nutrition. I have had teachers that have are very holistic. You know, I have teachers that won't touch any any sugar, won't touch carbs, won't touch all, you name it. I have teachers that are like that. I can't say that's me, but I have <laughs> teachers. I have teachers like that. There's certain things I don't do in excess, but you know, they won't touch caffeine and and whatnot. But um, so yes. You know, being well-rounded, educating the whole child, let's say. That's something yeah. known in the, uh, there's very, when I first started Kids Yoga and when I started with you telling you how I looked it up initially, though I can't remember the search site or whatnot, but it, Yoga Kids was one of the only ones training teachers. There were three kids yoga training companies. Yoga Kids was one of the biggest, Yoga Ed and Next Generation Yoga. So I got trained in all three of those. Um, but they, their slogan, I guess you would call it is educating the whole child through yoga. And I've always taken that with me, you know, from their teachings. Yes. You have to educate the entire whole child, top to bottom, inside to out and outside to in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. So it, it sounds like, you know, you structure your business a certain way you know you had this one little idea that kind of grew yes so how do you go about because you you have uh you still have franchises i do i lost some unfortunately with this pandemic um it really was a numbers game this is what it came down to um those of us in those in the business that had a lot of schools and a lot of child care centers and camps we survived Mm. But those franchises that had only a handful did not survive because those schools, some closed. I mean, there are schools that just close, you know, and some cannot go no matter what kind of subsidiaries or help the government says they'll give you. You cannot go two years without making money. Yeah. To be honest, my business is still down about 70 percent, 70 percent. And so some people would probably say, not doing this anymore. But I have such a passion for the kids. And I feel so driven to make a difference. And especially in this area, because I'm new transplant. I moved to Fuquay um, in March of 2020, Hmm. when the lockdowns (laughs) happened. That's when I moved to Fuquay. And that's when I started to look for a brick and mortar too, by the yeah. way, in the middle of it. I was like, I don't care if it's a pandemic. I want to, you know, I want to open up my studio here. I knew I wanted to open up space here and I know I will. And I know it's going to be a little bit different than what I talked about. What I always did, what I always had was kids yoga studios. This will be a kids yoga studio healing center. We're going to bring in other healing modalities now because the kids need healing. So we're going to bring in like kids Reiki, if you've ever heard of kids Reiki. We're going to bring in working with crystals with the children to help heal them. 
we're going to bring in all different modalities besides yoga and meditation, which will always be the core, but we're going to bring in other things to heal the children because they need healing. They really need healing. And I really hope that any principals out there listening, superintendents, (laughs) governors, whoever (laughs) are listening, you you really need to do the right thing about with the kids. You know, all the enrichment programs are really needed for the kids. Music, very needed for the kids. So, yeah. I think I went off tangent there. Sorry. No, you're good. So, with your franchises and your instructors. Yes. I mean, it's hard enough finding people uh, to fill roles. But you have a special need in that they have to work well with kids. Yes. They they have to be passionate about it. You can't yes. you can't hire someone who's just looking for a job to to do something like this. It has to mm-hmm. so so what is it what does your recruiting look like and what is it how is that process handled to make sure that you find the right people? Great question. Um and it's funny because we're not recruiting really right now, <laughs> but we will be. Um, I have no doubt we will be. I, it's a funny balance that you have to have enough teachers for enough locations, enough locations to feed the teachers. You want everybody happy, that kind of a thing. Right now, we have a good balance. Um, I was in the Fayetteville area first before here for three years, two years, two and a half years. Let me just say that I really hope the work ethic in the Triangle area is a lot better than the work ethic was in Fayetteville Mm. because I went through 15 teachers in a year and a half there Mm. and it was a work ethic issue. Um, Or I think there's enough people from the Northeast that have come down this way that there seems to be a different work ethic from, and maybe I'm just biased because I'm from New York and I'm from the Northeast. But I find that a Northeast person, yogi, non-yogi, whatever, we want to work and we want to make money. So, but a perfect children's yoga teacher will have three things. One, they have to have a yoga background. I cannot teach them yoga. They have to know yoga already. (laughs) And they have to have known it from a studio setting at the time. Now you don't have that option so much. But who is taking classes from someone else, not just taking classes online, because you have to have been corrected and things and that kind of thing. So um, they don't have to be certified per se, because I have to unteach them what they've learned. Mm. If they've been certified, and especially if they're certified in adult yoga, we don't teach adult yoga. We leave that to all the adult studios can have the adults. Okay. (laughs) They're all too, all too. But So teaching kids is a very, very different animal. I prefer somebody who has worked with children, whether it be in preschool, childcare centers, or schools, as a teacher, as an aide in an enrichment program. Uh, We prefer that. So those things. But the very most important thing, they have to have that spark I cannot teach. You will know, kids will know, they are either going to be very attracted to listen to somebody that has that magic about them. And it's just something I can't teach. And I never know if someone has it or not. Mm -hmm. I just never know. But you know it. You're talking to somebody. You can tell by their energy. It's magnetic. It's like 
You feel good around them. You want to spend more time with them. You want to listen to them. You want to learn from them. Just like that gentleman you said who came in and he could do yoga. And it was really, I think you called him magnet. You said a word that was similar to that, that we look for. But he had that certain something. So same thing. Whether it's a male or female for us, they'll have that certain something that the kids are going to listen. And they want to learn. Um, and so I sometimes find that adult yoga teachers do not make kid, good kids yoga teachers. They're a different animal. It's just kind of the same as like somebody who works with senior citizens are great, but not working with kids. And someone yeah. who works with kids, I don't want to work with senior citizens. No offense. Yeah. <laughs> so that was just not my forte. I don't want to teach adults. No offense. Yeah. Not my forte. But we do teach adults in family yoga. When we have a site to go to where parents can come to us, whether it's a satellite location or our own four walls, family yoga is one of my favorite where the parents would do it with their their children. Mm -hmm. I love family yoga because where else are you going to practice yoga together? And so that was a great thing. And that's something that I've been missing in the past two years that I'm not able to do. So hopefully soon. So I have a a weird question uh, because... When I was in the army, so obviously I don't have a lot of yoga experience, but when I was in the army, we would do stuff like the square push-up or the longest push-up. And so with those, with the longest push-up, it's guys uh, putting their feet on the shoulders of the guy behind them. Oh, okay, like a plank and, almost. Yeah, but you like do a... that all the way down the line and then everybody does a push-up. Got and, it. And mm-hmm. then the, the obvious challenge is if you're out of sync, you're not focused or, you know, your position isn't right and you could mess up. And then if you topple, the guy behind you could topple. And then sure. The square push up is the same concept, only instead of in a, a line, like it's a square. I, I've seen that. So, yeah. so does yoga have anything like that? Do you mm-hmm. work? What do you do to, to bring them together? What are those positions? Called? That's a great question. So in yoga, we have something called partner poses and group poses. Mm. They are mostly taught in school age to teen classes because you need the coordination and the cooperation components. Yeah. Under five-year-olds, sometimes you can get that in four to five-year-olds classes, but we mostly introduce it in school age and teen or in family yoga where a parent can work with their child to do partnering. Partnering also requires you be similar in size. If you're not sim- like you are much bigger than I am. <laughs> so could you imagine us trying to do a yoga partner pose? Guess yeah. what? It wouldn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> you need to be similar in size to do partner poses in yoga. It helps a lot yeah. because the weight distribution is off of each other. So there are tons of yoga poses that we do partnering and group. And in every school age to teen class we teach, there's a couple of both because it makes it more fun. Yeah. Because we believe the kids are not going to learn if it's not fun. If they will not have, if they're not having fun, they're not going to do it and stuff, especially teens. Oh boy, will they tell you that, you know, that that's when you'll hear, oh, yoga's boring. I hate yoga. Yoga's whatever. You'll hear things like that. You got to make it fun, yeah. you know, for them. And again, their fun is something different than fun for an under five-year-old yeah. or whatnot. So yes, there's plenty of that. Uh, yeah, the the reason I asked, which I, I I guess this would kind of be, you know, maybe play it by ear, but because you mentioned the family, so yeah, that's something that's pretty cool. Because then 
the the families can kind of do stuff together and mm -hmm. do absolutely together and stuff. Um, so it it sounds like you know we kind of see where you're at and you you've had the those challenges, especially here recently uh, with the pandemic. Oh um, yes, yeah. But but moving forward, I'm curious because you know you're. 18 years young, so. Yes, thank you. So, so Don't in, I look it? <laughs> in, in, re, in recovery, uh, obviously, to, to make up for whatever losses you had to take, what, where do you see uh, your your company going in the future? What, what are some of your long-term goals? For no, that's a great question. Um, and I don't know if I have all the answers because things right now are changing so quickly for schools too. It's like schools right now are fighting the virtual versus in-person because there were some benefits for some students to learn virtually, you know, especially your immune compromised students that I get and stuff. Um, and I believe that there's going to be a part of schooling, of education that does change, where there's going to be a virtual part that continues going forward. Maybe not every school and not maybe every school district, but I think we're going to see in the coming years that that's going to be a part or an option, let's say, virtual schools, let's mm. say. I think that, so for my business, I'm I'm looking at it, and one of the things I already told you about was one of my my goals, missions really to do now is a healing center, like a brick and mortar healing center. I never believed in just having a brick and mortar and that was it. I always believed you have to go to the kids and I still believe that. So maybe we'll bring some of those modalities on the road with us, with the yoga, when they let us back in. Yeah. You know, um, my hands are tied as long as I am still deemed non-essential. Mm. Until this title is removed, <laughs> is removed from all of us that do kids yoga and or enrichment programs. It's like they have really tied our hands to help these kids in person. Um, but I think that the whole education world that I am in, and I feel like I'm in education, even though I'm in yoga, I feel like because I work with kids, I'm more in the education world of it and child care. And I think that they are flipped upside down right now. I think that they realize that they have to change the old. The old isn't working anymore. No. And, and I think they're realizing that going forward, they're going to have to do things differently. And so I'm kind of open to what that might be. I'm not the type that's just going to be like, nope, we can only do it this way. And that's <laughs> it. We're not doing it. Sorry. You know, we're yoga. We're flexible. Yeah. You know? We, we want to help. We want to teach kids. So I think that the still being diversified is going to be important. You know, having the brick and mortar site for the triangle families to come to and maybe Cumberland, the sand hills, if they want to come up and yeah. stuff, because, you know, and I still actually go down to the sand hills and teach out that way. But, um, and, you know, maybe have a place down there and up here, but I would rather be closer to home than to be commuting all the yeah. time. I did a lot of commuting in New York. It's a part of life there. You commute. That's just the way it is. But, um, but maybe that, but I think it's going to just be continuing the diversification. But I also feel like in the yoga world and kids yoga, I am the only kids yoga program in the United States that has an astrology curriculum. 
Mm. I'm the first. And it's nothing new for me because I was the first to franchise children's yoga. Mm. There was no other children's yoga franchise. I was one of the first yoga franchises to begin with. There was another or two. But so I'm used to being um, a pioneer, let's say, in that. So I feel like I'm onto something with the, let's say, astrology meets kids yoga. I, I love it. I love astrology. The past two years I've been studying. It's actually been a year, less than a year I've been studying it. I was always interested in it. But during, I've been like going back to school myself and learning this stuff all online. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> so I have all this time now and stuff. Yeah. So my 75, 80, 80 of my schools are closed. So, okay. I'll do it, you know, <laughs> or, or we're not going in. So I love, I think that there will be some schools that will catch on or we're going to make it available to train teachers maybe in the kids yoga world or to train teachers in schools, how they can bring the astrology meets kids yoga into their class, into their science class or into their gym class or whatever, or into their school as a, as an option, as a, what do you call that curriculum when you, elective, as an elective. So um, I think that that's something I really want to focus on because it's marrying the two so well. Yeah. You know, so, um, because nowadays, prior to the pandemic, there were thousands upon thousands of kids yoga teachers now. There weren't when I first started. 18 years ago, it was so new and fresh out there. Yeah. Kids didn't know yoga. They'd never heard of it. You know, <laughs> it was so new. It was great. Now, everyone you know is a, a yoga teacher or goes to yoga. Or is taking, yeah. And it's a great thing and stuff. So, but it's finding that niche. And I feel like this is now my new niche yeah. <laughs> say, and, and I'm not getting rid of the old cause it works and stuff. I'm just, we're just adding to it yeah. and, and I really love it. And I, I just, I love that astrology can help adults. It can help kids, but kids learning it will help them into their adult life. I wish I knew as a kid, Oh, you better watch out. Um, when, you know, when the sun is shining on, you know, a Pisces, that's a, yeah, I'm a fish, a Pisces. So you better be aware that this is going to happen. And, and this is what poses you need to do. And this is what breasts you need to do. And this is what, you know, and there are very good things too, to know this is the best time for me when the sun is shining on me and it's shining. I'm, I'm what's called a Leo rising. You have no idea what that is. But the time <laughs> of day, time of day I was born, I was in Leo. Leos are very, and you probably know this already, very outgoing, very loud, lots of hair usually. I used to have very big hair. <laughs> so I was here. Um, they're kind of like the actor part, the actors, that the people that like will command a room, those are a Leo mm. and stuff. And so knowing that some Leos, now they might get in trouble in class for talking or acting out or things, but then they understand Leo coming out. I need to rein that in. Can't do that here in class. I'm going to do that on the playground. <laughs> so anyway, so I think that that's the direction that I'll be looking and it's going to be a wait and see what happens because who knew that we were going to be again going through these mass mandates and shutdowns and lockdowns again that we're starting to see everywhere. And I was just in New York over the holiday where, oh my gosh, 80% of people had COVID, mm. the new strain. And it was like, get me out of New York. 
yeah. you know, <laughs> and, and stuff. So when the schools all went back to virtual, it was like, holy smokes, this past week when they reopened, except for the city fighting it, but otherwise they're, the outside schools went to virtual mm. in, in the state of New York. So I'm seeing that, you know, and in North Carolina, it's kind of, a lot of schools are in person and that's what I love about North Carolina. They are in person. They're not letting us in though. No. They're in person, but enrichment programs are not allowed unless it's their, you know, own teachers anyway. Already. Sorry. I, I just think that's frustrating because yeah, if you're a nurse or a teacher, you can do yoga. Yeah. If you are a PE teacher. Yeah. Uh, or you run, say, a gym or fitness studio, you can have incorporate yoga. Absolutely. But because you own a business that teaches yoga to children and you are not a PE teacher or they won't let you come in. It's like, it's yeah, the exact same. Point. You see what I'm saying? It's yeah, like, that's so, a great so if you point, run a Ryan. school. Now you get me even more mad. No, I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying if, if there's a school and they have a PE teacher, he could come in one day and say, hey, we're yep. going to do some yoga stuff. So true. So it's not as valuable as having someone like you, but because you are not a teacher, you're deemed non-essential. It's like I can draw parallels between you and two or three or four other essential employees. Right. But it's, it's just like you're missing a piece of paper or, you know, whatever the case may be. So I feel like if you were able to get that elective thing, mm -hmm. the ball rolling, then yeah then that would kind of be your way in there. I mean, nobody can predict the future, so there's no telling later on down the road. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, now non-essentials are these people or whatever. So you can oh, still yeah. run into the problems, but it's like, I mean, that's that's why I bring that up because I go to this group fitness, that guy that I said was super awesome. I don't know if he's certified or not. Mm. But in us, in us as a group being responsible for what the program looks like, because I, I guess you would say it's a team effort, but those who've been there longer will, uh, they call it Q. You'll be the Q, but it's just, you lead the, the fitness for the day. Um, they can choose to do it however they want. But as soon as you bring someone in, it's like you, you have more credentials and you're, you have more expertise in the field than that PE teacher, but you just don't work for the school like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, 18 years, we've, we have a lot of credibility. We've had a lot of success, and we've helped thousands upon thousands upon thousands of children. And I think it broke my heart when it all first went down in 2020, in March. It broke my heart that we couldn't even reach these students because the school was in control of contacting them. Mm. We didn't have thousands of children's contact information. We so the, taught in their schools. So. so this isn't something where it's like no children's yoga. This is like if you were not part of the school specifically. Yeah. So a lot of schools. Do you know who all that included? Like yeah. I mean, we were not the only yoga was, you know, yoga was not the only thing. You have people that came in that taught dance and arts, people that came in and taught music, people that came in and taught arts and class and stuff. You know, a lot of schools that we were in, every day was a different specialty, yeah. they would call it. But they were all the first ones out. Mm -hmm. And thousands of yoga teachers, kids yoga teachers, because that's why I'm specific, thousands of kids yoga teachers were out of a job across the country. 
you yeah. know, and probably the world, but I know the country better and yeah. stuff. And many of them have decided not to go back, which makes me really sad because, you know, Eventually, <laughs> eventually they they have to let us back in eventually yeah. and stuff. I don't know what they're doing with all the funding they have for us though, and everybody else. That's what I'd like to know because they could all continue it virtually, but 90, 90 over ninety percent of schools, even more, would not want to do it virtually. Because yeah. and I get it because there are a lot of schools that their kids don't have access. And stuff, or um, but it was just another thing to add to their calendar, and they just they had to get academically. I get it. The academics is the most important, and I understand that academics is important, and um, you know it is what it is. But I do think they'll we'll be back. I don't think it'll be spring, even if things get better in spring, because I think at that point by spring they're like, ah, we'll wait till fall. That's what I think is going to happen. They'll wait till fall, and we might be in some camps again, thankfully, and we'll be back in childcare centers, which I love. Childcare centers, believe it or not, my personal favorite age group is childcare centers under five. Yeah. Because they're not jaded yet. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and those children, and that's how we first started. We really started with that age group. In the very, very beginning, 18 years ago, we did not have a curriculum for school we only had a curriculum for under five. Mm -hmm. And then I had to add really quickly a school age <laughs> a school age and teen curriculum. I was like, whoa, okay. Mm -hmm. And um, but the under five is my absolute favorite. I just love working with that age group. They're just fun to I feel like if you teach them at that young, that they'll they'll always, always be doing something for you. Yeah. And maybe not even realize. Yeah. You know, but they'll bring it into their school life, they'll bring it into their home life, they'll bring it into their work life, they'll bring it into their adult life. And that is the feedback we do get. That when we start them that young, we do get feedback that they're sharing it at home, they're sharing it with schoolmates, they're as they grow older, because we've been doing this 18 years, so yeah. as they get as they get older, they're sharing it, that they're still doing this, they learn from us or that. And so that's always wonderful to hear. We've not gotten to the point yet where we've gotten kids.
lessons. I was in baseball. And, uh, you know, my brother did football and karate. We did Boy Scouts. My older sister was in dance. I took some art classes. So um, I, I think it's interesting what you're doing. I think that adds to the, you know, kind of the, the choices that kids have when it comes to what I want to do, what, what's something that I can put my focus and my energy into. So I, I think now we come to probably the most important question, uh, and, and that is if, whether someone wants to get themselves and their kids involved in yoga, mm -hmm. uh, somebody wants to support uh, your programs, mm -hmm. uh, or maybe there's someone out there who wants to get into yoga but doesn't necessarily know where to start. Where can people find you? Okay, so we have uh, all the social media platforms covered <laughs> uh, the Children's School of Yoga. Um, our website has a landing page for the homepage that has all the social media on it. It's uh, the Children's School of Yoga.com. Um, of course, we can be reached by phone or text at 845-782-YOGA or 845-782-9642. Um, so, yeah, we, we are very active every day on social media. We have a YouTube page, too, that has videos on it. Nice. So if they want to get a little taste of how we teach, they can go on our videos. We have years' worth on YouTube. It's not a full class. There might be a handful of full classes on there, but they're like five minutes. 15 minutes, things like that that are on there. Um, on our website, they can register for virtual classes mm. and they can see where we've been, where we are. They can always contact us directly for a class. And we would love it if your listeners have <laughs> have a space for us in Pequot Arena yeah. or a neighboring, <laughs> a neighboring area, a nice wood floor, no mirrors <laughs> and yeah. stuff, anywhere from around a thousand no bigger than two, though, because, you know, at a reasonable rent. To be honest, that's what I'm finding is a big problem here, too. Yeah. When I first came here, the rents were more here than New York. Mm. And if you can believe that, I'm not kidding. The rents are higher than New York for commercial. And I'm like, it doesn't make sense no. to me. But <laughs> I think it's a supply and demand issue in Pico. Yeah. I think we're very limited right now to commercial space mm. that is available. So I would love... I love it, but we operate without one. We don't, we don't, we operate both of those. Yeah. So we always have, and I have franchise owners that don't have a studio, and I've had in our career two or three times that we had a year or two where we didn't have a space. Yeah. But we prefer having a space, a home. We really do. We want to have that home again. We really want that clean surface yeah. for kids, you know, the children's school yoga, clean surface. I think, <laughs> I think that's what it's going to be. That's really going to be a first because we only, ever did the yoga. Yeah. So I think we'll it will be. I really hope that like if we talk in the near future I'll be like, I found the space. Yeah. Thank you. Or somebody called me or whatever. So it might be. So I, I know it's coming. You know, yeah. I think it'll be spring this year. I well, think it's gonna be springtime this year. I thought it was gonna be springtime last year, but I was a year off <laughs> and stuff. I was just a year off. I gotta give myself a break and stuff. I think it'll be springtime this year and I really think that's gonna bring an end to this whole pandemic, endemic, they'll call it. And I think that since we'll start to see things open up, I think we'll start to see parents and schools and all that more open mm -hmm. to things getting not back to normal, but just that where maybe they'll get rid and we can burn this non-essential term. So yeah. I'll, just, I'll have a 
bonfire ceremony for burning that term because so so many programs were affected, yeah. you know, and the kids. But it's the kids that you know were affected the most, and I really got to be their paradigm. Yeah, you know, really do. So. Well, I, I appreciate you coming out. And oh my gosh, thank covering you. Covering everything. And, uh, yeah, so nice to meet you in yeah. person, Ryan. Yeah, definitely. And to uh, have this uh, very uh, colorful talk, yeah. <laughs> you know, and share, I, I share my love uh, and passion. I, I always tell people, like, I, I don't make any promises I can't keep. I mean, we have a small audience, but I think our number one focus has always been local. Uh, so like the rancher that I had on yesterday or maybe when this airs last week um, is is local. So uh, okay. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that because I didn't really know that was a thing. His uh, business model is severely different than other farmers or ranchers that I've heard where you buy a whole cow or a portion of a cow. Uh, he does it per pound. So. My fiance is getting on there, and we're going to choose our cuts and hopefully get some high quality meat. Where, oh, you very know, interesting! You, you know, never know what's in your backyard. Yeah, you so, just don't know what's in. I mean, you grew me. You know, I was in your backyard. Yeah, so Look that's at that. I'm that's why I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad you went over everything. And oh, I'm, thank hopefully you. Hopefully, all all these people that you know are in the area that are uh, watching this or listening to it here. Oh. Yoga. Yes, let who, me back in. Let yeah. us back in the schools and child care centers because there's plenty of child care centers here in Fuquay yeah. and uh, schools in, you know, right here in Fuquay where the youth school too. They're beautiful yeah. and stuff. So I would love to uh, have the program in there and really just have the kids benefit from it, you know, because they're, they're our future. They're the key yeah. and they've had a tough few years. And let's make, you know, let's make 2022 a better year for them. It was really fun. Um, it really was. And I look forward to hearing it and sharing it with my own audience. Yeah, definitely. So, Thank you. You're welcome, Ryan. This has been the Business and Brew Show, hosted by yours truly, Ryan Smeltz. Edited and produced by Ryan 